Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. All right. Well, all I know is when I did do it for two weeks. And I'm not, I, yeah. You saw that? Yeah. Okay. I know you're a little bitch about it. How much longer are you guys going to fight about this? Because <laughs> I, I can listen. Ne- Nexus? I thought he said Lexus. We just you the, the full experience. It's yes. cool. I like it. Usually we save this for when Dennis is on our show. he has the look of like yep i just Uh, tune it out i want to watch you guys fight more (laughs) well i mean we we should we're actually going to start like a little you stream every uh, thursday evening at nine and folks can like log in and watch us just argue okay about what just us arguing can the Patreon like be where you invite guests in, and I can just sit there between you and like eat pop tarts or something? Yes, that would be amazing. So you bring your messy friend over to put fucking pop tarts on the floor again. Great. <laughs> At least I'm adorable. <laughs> oh no, no, you, we we can't talk to you. You're you're a guest. Just okay. <laughs> you sit quietly and eat your pop tarts, and meanwhile, it's all over the carpet that I just vacuumed. That's fine. <laughs> I, I love it. I don't have to. I'm not like there, so I don't care. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so and I'm uh, drinking some. I'm fine too. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, I had my first infused beer tonight. What does that so, even mean? Okay, so uh, at the 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 restaurant, the Craft Sixty, we just did a new restaurant. We launched it Friday, so we went tonight with Ariel's parents to check it out. And the infused beer is really cool because it was like a dark beer, mm-hmm. but they used it with coffee, vanilla bean, and sugar cane, like raw cane sugar, um, like you do like a tea infusion or something. So it, the sweetness took the, the edge off the beer, like the bitterness off the dark beer. Mm-hmm. The coffee notes and uh, like the flavor of the beer really came through without like that bitter edge. It was, it was fucking delicious. It was really good. Normally I like a Pilsner, but this was really, really solid. Uh, so I enjoyed the hell out of it. Sounds good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I never, uh, I didn't drink a lot of beer in my days. Just, uh, just Seagram 7 and whiskey, and that's about it. I can still smell it. Ah, delicious. <laughs> All right, so let's start uh, Generations, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is it. I mean, this is the start of the films. This is the, uh, I guess this is where we get off on Star Trek the t- with TNG. Like, this, is, this yeah. is coming to an end. There's only four episodes left of TNG. Yeah. And, uh, well, I like how you say episodes. Well, it's it's kind of it's kind of an episode. I mean, I hate to say it, but it is like it. Yeah. You know, if it if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. You know what I mean? And like the at least the television series, the original series, had what twenty years to kind of shed the TV no notion of it. Five. 10. 10? Okay, 10 years? 69 to 79. But this was just like, I mean, they ended the series. They went right into the movie, basically, right? Yeah, Yeah, the last episode was May of 94, and this movie came out November of 94. Okay, because I remember seeing this in the theater. Yeah. When I was a kid, and uh, I got to tell you, I, uh, you know, whatever, we'll get there. So, anywho, so the, the movie starts through the credits, and you see a bottle of champagne. Floating through the air, 
not a butt plug, right? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a butt plug for the first two and a half minutes. That's you know what that is wishful thinking. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was gonna be Patrick Stewart like on the other side with his legs spread and <laughs> spreading his cheeks. I think I just I think I just came a little bit. <laughs> I remember being pretty young when this came out in the theaters, but I was for some reason at the theater to see it. And I had never heard about like christening ships before. So the setup completely lost on me until much <laughs> later. I remember watching going, why the hell did they throw a bottle of water at the ship? Well, who threw the water? That's what I want to know. Like, where did it come from? Yeah, was that was like, another good exactly. Floating space. <laughs> <killers>? <laughs> to the transporter and beamed it. Like, did like a fancy space restaurant blow up somewhere and it's just like cascading through outer space, these bottles of vintage Dom Perignon, which is still around, I guess, in 22. The, uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was what? Tw- what was the year? 2290? Ninety-four or something like that. So, well, no, this the vintage on the bottle was twenty-two sixty-five. Okay, twenty-two sixty-five. Okay, which and would have coincided with the original series. Okay, um, so how long after the original series did these events take place? Then uh, this would be in the twenty-two nineties. Okay, so it would have been it's like I thirty mean, years, forty years. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. because the thing is, like, when you, because when you finally realize what's going on, that they're christening this vehicle, and I got to say, the Enterprise B looks pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. It's a good-looking vehicle, good-looking ship. Class. Yeah. Good-looking ship. And then when you realize what's going on, it's like they're christening this ship, and they're having, like, a media event of it. Like, members of the press are here, and, and Captain Cameron is sitting there looking for Ferris Bueller and the rest of the game. <laughs> And he's doing his thing, and he's got the cameras in his face, and all of a sudden we realize that the, the they're trotting out the old dogs. Yep. Yeah. Now, there's an alternate opening for this where Scotty and Chekhov actually have to convince Kirk to come to it. Ah. And they actually use that scene. They redo it with different actors on Voyager much later. Okay. But Kirk does a suborbital skydiving. So like he's he's you see this guy in a black suit falling through space. He goes through re, you know like a slight re-entry. He's got like heat shields all over his suit. That's weird. Right, he comes in and you see uh, Chekhov and Scotty with binoculars. Look, do you see him yet? Do you see him yet? And then he comes in, pops the chute, you know, like a halo jump. Comes in for a landing, pops off the helmet. Wow, did you see that? I got a little tricky over the Mediterranean, but blah blah, blah you know. That sounds really dumb. Yeah. So it's kind of like that scene from a space movie, Space Movie 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that movie. That's why they cut it. <laughs> and originally, this was supposed to be uh, Bones and uh, Spock. Ah. Huh. But Leonard Nimoy uh, said that the it was too minuscule of a role. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough money, I think, is how that translates. Yes. Well, I mean, it is kind of, it's a dog and pony show. I mean, it's just, you know, they they trot out Scotty, who, I mean, must weigh at this point like 600 pounds. I don't know how they're getting him through the corridors because he's just so fat in his uniform. Like, at this point, his uniform is just like a sweatsuit. Like, he's just fat. Like, <laughs> the moo Star Trek yeah. He's wearing a moo he, He's like Homer Simpson when he gains all that weight. He's just wearing a moo like a judge's robe. <laughs> And then uh, Chekhov is there because, I mean, he's Chekhov. He ain't got nothing else going on, you know? And then and then Kurt shows up and everybody's like, well, Captain Kurt. But the thing is, the last time you saw him, he looked exactly the same. So it's like he hasn't aged a day because he's kind of 
through the power of makeup and wigs, like defied <laughs> aging, right? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't really like through technology, he's managed to stop aging. So if you watch like Star Trek six and then this it could just be like the next day almost. Right. Cause he's wearing the same uniform and like, he doesn't have any, at least Scotty's like real fat and real gray and like, um, I don't know, man. Like he just looks the same to me. Like he just looks like William Shatner. Well, there is one thing that is wrong with this scene. What's that? His sideburns. They're not points? Right. He, those were fake. He, every time there's a Star Trek movie, he grows out the sideburns, right? And he tells the story in his memoirs that he's driving uh, around with his daughter one day. I like how you have to pantomime him driving. Yeah, for, especially for the listeners. Off. Because well, you if you didn't know, I wouldn't know. If he just said driving, I'd be like, well, I don't understand what that golf? word means. Because I don't, yeah. Cling on <laughs> But so he's Oh, do you want to do you want to hear something funny before you okay. go on, Ben? Okay. Do yourself a favor and download the episode of uh, Dork Trek. <clears throat> Let me find it here on my phone because I was listening to it because I just took a trip. It is the episode of Dork Trek. It is episode. I know this is a long this is a long way, but you go episode forty eight entitled "Hey, Your Mom Is Dead," where you of all people you. Bring up the two dick theory. Awesome! Oh, damn. I, I have no recollection of that. I will. You know what? I will you find can erase it. this from the uh, internet. Now. <laughs> I will. I will get you the audio, and you can hear it next week. That's fair. Because That's I fair. heard. I was listening to the episode. And it was weird. It was like the bonding, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was when the one girl died or whatever. And everyone, Astor. Yeah, and then Jerry Astor. Astor. That's right. Yeah, and Ben mentions the Klingon two dick theory. Damn, son, you got owned. I, I oh, you weren't driving this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually stroking two Klingon dicks as I speak. That is fantastic, and we, I'm glad you can find it. And they're mine. And I'm, not yeah. oh, I'm jealous. Not even for you. Not even for you, but Jenny, because she gets to enjoy such a thing. Oh. Now I finally get to see how the two dick configuration. Is. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> so, anyway, so go back. Go back to what you were saying about the sideburns so, when he was. So driving. He, he's driving, uh, and he, he's talking to his daughter. <laughs> the world's uh, biggest car. He's driving the car, <laughs> and his he's talking about the fact that yeah, we're going to start uh, filming. <laughs> we're going to start filming soon. His daughter says, "Oh, so when are you going to start growing your sideburns?" And, and said, "Hey," like, and he said, "Hey, I killed your mom." <laughs> No, that was the difference. But he's like, oh shit, he hadn't grew sideburns yet. There's no time. So they have to paste on fake sideburns for the first part of the movie. And it's weird because if you notice during the fight scenes with Malcolm McDowell, the sideburns are actually moving. So at one point it looks like he has a unibrow. (laughs) (laughs) By that point, those are real. And then at one one point he has a soul patch. And (laughs) <laughs> I, I thought the Stalin style mustache was a bit much. That at one point it, they both kind of migrated down, and he, and he looks like a like a jack o' lantern. <laughs> <laughs> there was the point where he had the Groucho Marx eyebrows that were just kind of, they were going up and down. So man, she was pretty cool. Though. It's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Like, he looks like uh, um, uh, Ming the Merciless. <laughs> 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 so anywho repeat a little <laughs> so, uh, but what is that called dennis from 30 rock where you laugh and pee what is that called 
Uh, a lizard. Yeah, you lizard. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, that was fantastic. I'm lizzie. I'm lizzie. I'm li- <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's one of my favorite like words. I wish that was a thing as opposed to bay or whatever. <laughs> but anywho, so uh, oh, listeners Liz. can go to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Liz, I just totally lizzed. So anywho, um, on the floor, Lizzie. <laughs> So, yeah, so we have this scene where um, they're going to take it out for a test spin and Cameron's sitting there and Cameron wants uh, Kirk to do the let it go or whatever his catchphrase is that I really don't remember him saying too often, so I feel like he just kind of makes one up on the spot. (laughs) Fly this thing. Uh, Go. Uh, uh, Head warps. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Do it again. Make it happen. (laughs) <laughs> beyond two in the pink one in the steak <laughs> so he says something it's how much for both <laughs> both that's the Riker line oh, no, Kirk originated it yeah, Riker, Riker learned it from somebody so the ship goes out and everybody's excited and then while we're on board we see that oh no um, Sulu didn't want to be here but we have his daughter for some reason uh, Ensign Sulu and, and, and Kirk is all like, oh, that's cool. Look, Sulu couldn't make it, but his daughter is here. So at least we have a Sulu on board, which I just, if you substitute the word Chinaman, <laughs> it still works because the, the Enterprise wouldn't be good without a Chinaman on board. <laughs> well, see, my thing is, was this like a slam, like a secret slam against uh, George Takai being gay? Uh, oh, the I one character's daughter. Uh, oh. I didn't take it that way. I just felt like maybe he didn't want to do it, and so like they had to figure something out quick. So it's like, all right, we'll just stick a China woman on the on board. It'll be his daughter. Okay, great. You weren't going to have any of the original. They were only going to ever have just three people from the original series. Well, why not Sulu? I like Sulu more than Chekhov. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And he can okay. run around without a shirt on and his face. He could be fencing. Yeah. And, and who can you afford though? I mean, yeah. Sulu's busy getting popular over on Stern at this point. That was no way. That was '94. He was he was nowhere near Stern at that point. No, he wasn't on Stern until Stern went to satellite radio. See, I was too busy listening to Star Trek and uh, <laughs> on the <audio>. radio. <laughs> well, no, to audio recordings. I I would actually record the episodes on the old realistic uh, tape deck. I believe that. And and write down the the captain's logs. I believe that too. So yeah, I did Star Trek. Did Takei ever do anything before like Heroes? That's like his uh, first yeah, notable he, thing. Quite well, a while, maybe notable. He was on uh, Baba Black Sheep, uh, the whole Black Sheep Squadron. I love that show with Robert Conrad. Yep, he that's was. A, uh, that's a good looking man right there, man. Woof, Robert Conrad, Japanese that's... officer of the week, <laughs> a couple of times. He nice. was uh, two different officers because you know who, who can do? I can't. And then he was on, um, yeah, he's in several, like, uh, what was it? Well, during the series, he left for Green Beret. Yeah, he was supposed to get a couple other roles, but Pat Morita took him. Yeah. So him and Morita were mortal enemies because actually yeah. he was. In the intervening period between the Star Trek movies. And- I'm telling you, this is what happened. He was supposed to play uh, Miyagi, but Pat Morita took the roles. It came down to the only two Japanese guys we could find, who we took the other guy. Yeah. So, so well, they actually had them do a, a like, a- <laughs> It was actually a hand-to-hand combat thing, <laughs> and uh, so Sulu just – he was defeated. And we, we know him from Happy Days. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't watch that Star Trek loser. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, that show with Opie Cunningham. Get that uh, – <laughs> Yeah, that Japanese dude. 
So, um, so yeah, so they do that whole thing and they go out and all of a sudden they realize that there is a ship in distress, there are ships in distress out there in the, uh, in the space. Mm-hmm. There's no other ships close to them in the space. It's only the other guys. This is bullshit. This is absolute bullshit. There's gotta be another ship nearby. If they're, nope. they're launching a ship, it's gotta be from a space station or something, right? Yep. Yes. yep. They, they, were, are, they were coming out of space dock. Yep. So or, there are no other sh- It's completely fucking deserted other yep. than this brand the new ship that doesn't have sector, a full crew. Home sector of the Federation, right? Earth, the center, the political seat. It's like saying there's no military in Washington. <laughs> right. There are no jets they can scramble. There's no ships off the coast. There are no, you know, marine barracks. Nah, nothing. In, uh, no. Nothing's no. close. Except those guys at uh, Jupiter that get easily destroyed by the Borg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope, yeah. nothing. It's just, this is the only ship in space at the moment. Like, they took every other ship's out of space so the Enterprise could have its maiden voyage yeah. in a clean space, and there it goes. And, and all of a sudden, there's a distress, and this is the only ship around, and all of a sudden, Cameron's got a captain. And we realize quickly that Cameron has no idea what he's doing. Like, yeah. None whatsoever. He's captain in name only. Like that's yeah. it. Like he's got no clue what's his actual first name. <laughs> <laughs> captain. What is it? Harriman. Harriman. He, he was uh, Chino Harriman. C I N O. Chino. Captain in name only. Hmm. Oh like, God! <laughs> come on. No political. No. Jesus. No, was captain Cameron Harriman. I don't know. <laughs> It was really good. Like, I was totally into it. Like, it was awesome. And uh, so he's doing his thing or whatever, and uh, and he keeps looking at Kirk, and he's going, okay, well, let's do this. And Kirk's like, yeah, no, uh, I don't do that. And which is, you know what? That's got to be really annoying because, like, the media is there and stuff, and they're all, you know, sticking their nose in people's businesses where it doesn't belong, dudes. Well, I mean, in the fact though that Kirk, though the whole time is just sitting there, like he he wants to do something. It's yeah, you're the parent and your kids, you know, about to do something stupid, and you're just oh, oh uh, God. I'm gonna let it slide. Like the uh, mm-hmm. the backseat driver, he's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to see anything. Watch the red light, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you know, his foot was on the brake, that oh, invisible brake, like. Right. <sighs> so it's like. It's like Ben is a passenger in your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> have I have I ridden with you? Yes, you yeah. have. Oh, that's yeah. right. White yeah. knuckled the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for uh, Captain uh, Cameron. Yeah, because he's got a lot of pressure. He's got Captain Kirk watching over him. He's taken completely off guard because he thought yeah. he was just taking it for a spin around the block. Yeah, and then. Like, oh, call other pants down. Yeah, uh, when when do your balls get here, Captain? Oh, that's <laughs> that's the running joke. Well, let's, it'll be here Tuesday. It'll be here Tuesday. We don't have a full staff. It'll be here Tuesday. It'll, everything will be here Tuesday. Ha, 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 Ain't this place a, ain't this ship a geographical oddity? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Two weeks But so they're doing that thing, and they're flying around in the space there. They're going to save some people, and Kurt's telling them what to do, and then all of a sudden, like, kind of see what's happening and there's like this giant band i guess ribbon because that's what they call it in the film it's like this ribbon of energy kind of pulsating through and it's just destroying ships mm-hmm. it, it, it took them too long to get to the idea to start beaming people out 
Yeah. Well, agreed. Like it took interference. Away. I mean, interference, interference. I mean, you got Scotty on board, and granted, he's the size of a house at this point. But I mean, his, his brain still works. He could have came his up own with some gravitational pull could have <laughs> saved those people. <laughs> just, just have him jump, Larry. They'll draw Timmy. <laughs> but like, they're just kind of dumbfounded, and like Cameron's coming up with ideas that aren't working, and then Cameron just goes, "All right, Kirk, you just do it." Like. You got any ideas, old man? Does Kirk get his paycheck this week or something? Like, I mean, because the media's there, and then there's going to be this huge media storm about how you're just some kind of fraud captain, and you're just uh, you're going to get kicked out of a space fleet, and then you're going to be swabbing the deck. Cameron just essentially ruined his entire career. Oh yeah. No, what happens is uh, the casualty list is going to be released later, and it'll include Captain Kirk (laughs) and all the members of the media. (laughs) Mysteriously disappeared, and all of their. Their recording material must have gone into this mysterious ribbon. Mm-hmm. We're still investigating. Yes, and then the, the name. The name <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. The name of the ship will be the the SS Dick Cheney. That would be cool. Yeah, the shuttlecraft Halliburton arriving. <laughs> nice. So all uh, dissenters will be shot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made you shoot me. <laughs> I thought you were a space quail. <laughs> so then they do the whole thing and this that and the other thing and then like i said it took too long to get to the beam them out well, no because out. as soon as soon as he said you know captain kirk if you have any suggestions the first thing kirk does is get us in close start beaming them out yeah i mean and yeah but where's cameron's brain on this one like come on you're the captain of the the the, the flagship well he's wondering okay when i get back to space dock if I put the warp engines in reverse, <laughs> it's like we never left. When Cameron was uh-huh. in Egypt, <laughs> let Bill Shatner go. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it took too long for me. Like, I mean, come on, use your brain. I'm thinking the whole time, just beam him out. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, come on already. And then you have that that kind of that tranquil moment when, you know, Scotty's like, oh, they, we lost, we only beamed out 43 people of 150, which isn't bad. I mean, it sucks for the rest of them, but I mean, these 43 people are going to be pretty stoked because they're alive. Right. Well, the yeah. rest of them are all in paradise now. Yeah, they're in paradise. Well, so we don't know that. But I mean, the thing is, though, once you find that out, do you feel so bad for all these people? It's like, oh, cool. They're in, they're yeah, in the, the, sec- the second time you watch the movie, you're just like, no, nah, they're fine. They're fine. Just leave them. Well, I mean, even when the, the survivors come aboard, they're like, no, send us back. Then you <laughs> kind of realize there must be something going yeah, on. something killer there. going on. They're giving away free drugs and blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> send them back. <clears throat> I mean, that could be somebody's fantasy, giving blowjobs and smoking weed. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you're <laughs> snorting coke and giving blowjobs, you got to be careful if you get them confused and you're snorting cock and it just it, it ruins the experience. I've done that once. It sucks. It, I mean, you know. Or doesn't. We all have, we all have sister. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so all of a sudden we see Malcolm McDowell, who looks, who looks like a, a mix of Sting and David Bowie. Like, he's got that weird blonde hair. What ha- Yep. <laughs> there's kirk the merciless that's awesome no i i'd never made the the uh, sting connection and then i guess you guys were talking i missed where you guys were talking about it and jenny said something about it mm-hmm. just as he pops on screen and that's all i can see for the yeah. rest of the movie he's sting, he, like sting he, he's from- not just 
Yeah, he looks like Sting from Dune. Yeah. And then, that, then when him and Picard are meeting face to face here, it's like you have this weird like feeling of deja vu. I will kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Picard stabs the nut, and you can see the blade in his mouth, and it goes yeah. through his chin, it's it's really awesome. Yeah. yeah. And Picard's name is a killing word. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Dude. So yeah, so he's freaking out. And then all of a sudden we see in the corner just kind of kicking it. Who's that? That's Guinan. Who's that girl? And it's weird because I can't remember the last time we'd seen Guinan on the series. Like, I want to say it was like maybe season four or something like that. Maybe well, no, it to kids. So that's probably season, what, five? Yeah, with mm-hmm. Roe. Yeah. They all turn No, she's not. She's, she's gone. Like, that's it. So, but, I mean, she was definitely in, in season four, though, because with Time's Arrow, when we first... Yeah. She's not in season seven. Yeah, no. Not that I can recall. So, like, they're breaking out all the big guns for this one. You see Malcolm McDowell, who looks like Sting, kind of, and then you see you see Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Guinan. You're like, whoa, these are all the oh, big stars. You got Tim Russ. Yeah, Tim Russ. He's just, like, he got typecast as, like, the black Star Trek guy. Well, see, the weird thing, though, because Voyager started the next season. Like, TNG went off, and then the next TV season, Voyager started mm-hmm. with, and with Tim Russ in a starring role. And he's in this movie as kind of a background guy. But Just he's some a dude. Yeah, he's some black dude from Earth, as far as we know. Who still has almost Klingonish ears. Like, well, he's well, got very pointy, I mean, excuse me, almost Vulcanish ears without the makeup. Well, what's really weird, though, is there's a later episode of Voyager where we find out that Tuvok is, you know, like Vulcans, they have a long lifespan, and he's like really old-ass Vulcan. He actually was in Starfleet back during Sulu's time, Ooh. and he was, you know, Ensign Tuvok was on the Excelsior. So is his, name, is his name Tuvok because they wanted it to be t- close to Tupac? Is that what? I don't yeah. think so. I it do. Was. I think so. It's very convenient that his name is Tuvok. Well, I mean, maybe maybe Tupac got his name from Star Trek, like uh, T'Pring did. I thought Tupac was dead by this point. No, he was still alive when Voyager was on. By the way, uh, Guinan was in Time's Arrow, which is the season five finale and season six premiere. Okay, so, okay, she- so Time's Arrow was, was fifth season. Okay. Fifth okay. Mark Twain episode. Yeah. <laughs> Time was a colored woman couldn't vote in this country. Now she can time travel. <laughs> you almost sound like Kevin Costner and JFK. Like, like I think that's the voice you were going for at first. I can't. I I I nailed it on Time's Arrow review. The, my Mark Twain, and I have not been able to find yeah. that voice again. That was your arm commercial voice. Yeah. Practice, I, ma- practice makes perfect, dude. Yeah, I gotta just put that episode on loop or something. Just. So then, like, uh, somehow they come up with some plan about, like, uh, having a deflector shield shoot. Well, at first it was photon torpedoes, but they don't have any torpedoes because they'll be here on Tuesday. They're getting a lot of miles out of that joke. Yeah. And then so they say, well, if we can shoot something off the deflector, we can fix all this stuff. But unfortunately, we can only do that on decks 15, 16, or what, 13, 14, and 15 in the lower bowels of the ship. And Cameron's like, well, I'll go. And then Kirk's like, nah, nah, nah. There's glory to be had. I'm, I'm doing it. So I'm, I'm thinking of it. Th- I, I love that scene though, when the, the the ship takes a hit, and uh, he falls back against the captain's chair, and then he just naturally 
rotates the chair and yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's mine. Yeah. And there's the great story where he, he didn't, the ship is on gimbals now. The bridge set was on the, the hydraulics, so it would shake and they would really shake. But nobody told Shatner. <laughs> they, they, and they don't do it during like the initial rehearsals and the blocking and everything because that you know it takes money and so when they start to do the dress rehearsals and they go through it and they actually shake the ship he's thinking hey old star trek what do you do on star trek oh the ship takes a hit so you know he he's throwing himself all over the place he, oh, no and he throws himself forward just as the ship throws him forward he hits the rail breaks through it <laughs> And what he's telling the story is like, in my years of doing my own stunts, I, of course, was able to, to tuck and roll and, and go with the fall. And, God, he's so annoying. Like, even you just telling the story. He's just, I, I was able to land safely. And as I, as I looked up from the ground, this young, beautiful starlet uh, walked across to me. She's like, Mr. Shatner, Mr. Shatner, are you all right? And I goes, proceeded to aid her box and then drowned her in a pool. He says, <laughs> I mean nothing. I, I, I'd say, of course, I, my years of stunt work, I know how to take a fall. And she goes, well, that's good because a man of your age could have broken a hip. Uh, I'll break oh. your hip. Yeah. And then he's like, throw you in a pool. <laughs> yeah, as I recall, you in a rose garden. I'll bury you in a rose garden, you bitch. As I recall, she wasn't that attractive. You go to that fucking jacuzzi. <laughs> I should get blown first. <laughs> like if you want to do you yourself, just smile and blow me. <laughs> I mean, like I don't know how that didn't start a religion. That Mel, those Mel Gibson rants like that. I mean, if Scientology is a thing, like, why wouldn't just a religion based smile, smile and blow me? Like how did that not catch on? Give it time. I just wanted Give to go to jacuzzi. <laughs> Uh, do yourself a favor and listen to those Mel Gibson audio tapes to him yelling at his wife. They are just tip top. <laughs> like they are just great. Like the the Christian Bale one's pretty good too, but they can't beat the maniacal nature of <laughs> Mel Gibson. It's awesome. <laughs> well, because the, with Bale, um, it's more of like a method acting kind of like in the moment on set, getting all angry. This is just, I mean, Mel Gibson wanting oral sex. <laughs> I mean, like, and he is voicing all of our frustration collectively as a whole. I feel almost like <laughs> taking it all from all of us who just want to, you know, get blown first. You know, time. <laughs> you know, jacuzzi. jacuzzi before we go to jacuzzi. But then, so, um, so back to the movie. So, so <laughs> Kirk goes goes glory hunting, and uh, he does glory a, a, That's later. <laughs> Riker doesn't show up yet. That's, that's <laughs> when the Dura sisters show up. Oh, with their big bosoms. Now, are those bosoms real? Are those real bosoms on the Dura sisters? I refuse to believe they're not. So nothing. And they're real and they're spectacular. Now, is Thanks. this? There is we this, go. Is this much like the um, uh, fake chest of Khan kind of controversy? Did that spark a similar thing? Because there are people on both sides of the aisle on that one. That Khan's chest is real. Khan's chest is fake. I am. I, I've heard it's fake. I, I'm a, a long-time real Chester. I, I will <laughs> hold by that, and I will argue with anyone who says it's not. Okay, all right. I'm all right. You, hey, I'm telling you, the boobs, the chest, the Jedi, they're all real. <laughs> <laughs> Hat is off. 
Hat is off, Dennis. Bravo. <laughs> you even actually had it on this time. He, did, he was wearing his hat and then he took it off. That's how impressed he was by that one. It was fantastic. I'm starting to think he was just wearing the hat to take it off. <laughs> yes. The same thing with pants. I just wear them so I can take them off. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, I guess so, so Kirk fixes everything. He shoots the stuff into the rift, into the ribbon, if you will. The ship starts to back away, but in the process, it gets whacked by the ribbon. And oh no. Deck 14 and 15 are not there, so Kirk is gone. Too bad. Oh, no. Too bad, so sad Kirk's gone. And then we head. Then we head. Then they play the credits. Yeah, and that's the movie in and his mind. Shatner's, Shatner's like, that's the movie. This thing's over. No need to watch this anymore. So, you know, as me, as a classic Trek fan, that was the end of the movie. I did. I, I mentioned this on Facebook. I felt like this was. This was uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens just said, hey, we could do that too. They just bring in all the old guys to get the new guys over. Because that's all this was. That's all it is. They use the old guys to get to get people who go, ah, you know what? I've never seen TNG. I don't care that much. Like, yeah, oh, because well, but Kirk's I, in it? Cool. You know, like. I can't recall. The, I mean, I remember there was a rift. But the only reason TNG started is, is because Star Trek Four was so successful. Yeah. Which right. was a great it, movie. And it it's brought in the money, and that gave, finally, you know, they were like, yep, let's go for it. it Star Trek still makes money. Let's make a series. And then Star Trek V almost killed, the, <laughs> killed everything, because that was so right. bad. And you got to think, Star Trek V would have come out. Well, thank God, that would have been around, I guess, season three and four, when TNG finally got good. So if, if V had come out during season one or two, it could have killed the entire franchise, right? Because yeah, it was so bad. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm just not into, I don't know. There's just something about William Shatter that just bugs me. Like, I can't put my finger on it. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I know Star Trek is great and he's great as Kirk, but it's just like, come on, man. Like, just. He's uh, always really smug. I think that's the main thing for me. Yeah. I can, I can deal with it. The thing is, it's like, I feel like he shows up and he crashes like the new guy's party. He's like, you guys don't know how to make Star Trek. Check this out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He's just. No, he kept trying to stay out of the way, though. But the new kids. No, no, no. no, I'm not not talking about the movie. I'm talking about just in like just his. I imagine his personal attitude. Well, he he always acts like he'll show up at a convention and just walk through the, you know, the convention floor and act like he's surprised that everybody is really adoring him and oh my god you're here for me but he's really expecting that you know oh you guys really you guys really paid a hundred dollars to get my autograph i can't believe that who would think of such a thing where's my fucking money (laughs) (laughs) he really is uh um tim allen's character from uh galaxy quest (laughs) i would recommend you watch fanboys if you haven't already I've seen some of it. Yeah. The, the Shatner bits are, are great. Huh? Is that the Denise Crosby one? No, no, no. Fanboys is uh, the one friend is going to die uh, before Phantom Menace comes out. Should have let him die. <laughs> little did we know then. And so he didn't his, make it through the pod racing scene. <laughs> his, his this is terrible. Make you know they do a cross country trip so yeah. that he can they can break in, steal a copy, and watch. Uh, Watch episode one before it airs, written before he dies, and so it's almost like the real life thing that happened. But yeah, I I watched the movie. It was it was actually pretty good. You know, you mentioned pod racing, and I'm just praying that episode nine 
isn't just like one long pod race and that's what Kylo Ren meant that he had to finish what his <laughs> grandfather started. <laughs> it's Days of Thunder in space. That would be killer. Father was once the greatest pod racer in this galaxy. <laughs> now you've got to it, finish what he started. And so that means that Ray is his competition because yeah, she had yeah. pod. So it, it that's the big race is Ray and Kylo doing their racing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like Mario Kart, so they have to do like five different races. I would totally play a Star Wars Mario Kart like that. I don't know why that hasn't happened already. Yeah, BB-8 is like the banana that you know yeah. she launches BB-8 out when <laughs> Kylo got ahead of her or something. Yeah, totally too is the blue turtle shell. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to I guess modern Trek times. Now we're in the present. In the 1800s, yes. years later. We're on a, on a big wooden ship. I believe the name of the ship is Diversity. We're on an old, old wooden ship. And uh, there's some kind of ceremony going on where they're going to make Worf walk the plank because he is now a commander. Lieutenant Commander mm-hmm. Worf. It's no longer Lieutenant Commander Worf. Now he's just Commander Worf, right? No, no, no. No, no. This is his promotion from Lieutenant oh. to Lieutenant Commander. Oh, nice. So what kind of pay grade is that? Like this... It's 04. He, he goes from nothing to nothing, like a little more nothing. No, is Lieutenant Commander the is that the first not JO position or is that the last JO yeah, position? First, first field grade officer. Yeah. So uh, everything below that is company grade. But yeah. yeah. Company grade. So he, he's moving up in the world slowly. It only took him eight, well, it took him eight years. I mean, you know, but whatever. It's because he's a black man. Say space racism. Because Jordy was a lieutenant commander in no time. I mean, he was yeah. lieutenant junior grade first season, lieutenant second season, lieutenant commander blind. third and gone. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, he's Uncle Tom, yo. Well, no, all the promotion exams are in Braille. Jordy's <laughs> <laughs> just like acing that shit, and everybody else is like, what the, what the fuck? Why can't I do that's, this? That's the official language of Starfleet. <laughs> better Braille. Jordy, Jordy tricked everybody one day. Um, but yeah, so they're doing this ceremony and Worf's got to jump up and grab his hat and he does it on the first try and everybody's amazed except Picard. Well, no, nobody's done that on the first try. Never underestimate a Klingon, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I should know. I'm very close with the Klingons. I am Chadich, bro. Like me and Klingons, we're like this, man. You know, we're like, we're tight. And I, I, until this time, watching it this uh, time for the show, did I catch that that was like some foreshadowing? I was like, oh, yeah, never underestimate a Klingon. Yeah. And I tell you one thing, too. Um, that hat is really high up. And the fact that Worf grabbed it with ease, it just shows that he has two, like, four sets of caps. Because he just, I mean, just. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, what I wanted him was to, like, step like on the power. plank. Yeah. I wanted him to step off and like drop, and as he dropped, grab the plank and let it go down. Like in Lu- like Luke in a Jedi. Yeah, yes. and then spring up, grab the hat, and reach his hand out, and you know Data's head pops back, and his lightsaber shoots <laughs> out. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he starts killing everybody. Movie yeah, for some reason, <laughs> Weequay is there. He kills Weequay. <laughs> Boba Fett, you know, it's like Boba Fett's well here. Done. I- he gets pushed into the Sarlacc. I'm into that. <laughs> Good job. Crusher chokes Jabba. Yeah. No, Crusher chokes uh, Scotty. No, yeah. Crusher would choke Data because he's so <laughs> fat at this point. <laughs> S- 
Scotty the Hutt. Yeah, Scotty the Hutt. <laughs> and then the movie's over. And then I'm really excited. And then, then I'll never have to see da, do, da, de, da. a John Carter movie because I have one in Return of the Jedi, which is awesome. <clears throat> so then um, this is probably the most annoying part of the movie. And it takes a very – because they, at one point, uh, uh, Riker moves – he removes the plank. He doesn't retract it. And so war falls in the water and everybody gets a big kick out of that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Data gets all robot-y on me again. And this this ruins the film. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. For me, yeah. after watching seven seasons of this guy be a robot, have a kid, have a cat, have d- stupid dreams that I've had to watch entire episodes about, he all of a sudden doesn't understand... Why is it? Like, did he, yes. did he overwrite the training that Joe Piscopo gave him? Yeah. <laughs> bleep, bloop, bloop. I am a robot. I cannot use contractions. It's <laughs> my programming. Um, um, um. <laughs> I think my exact words were, okay, we fucking get it already. He's a robot. Yeah, Do but I mean, like... But what happened you know, next? What were you, you going to say, Anton? Do you feel like maybe they threw it in there? Because, like, I hadn't thought about it until I started. we started recording this. But, like... Maybe because it was like old guard, no, maybe people who don't watch TNG, who haven't been with these characters, they're just coming in because of Kirk. It's almost like they have to do that sticky, stereotypical data's a robot, he doesn't understand humans. Thing. I mean, maybe to some extent, but it just feels so unnecessary. It's almost like an insult to the people oh. that have watched the show. For oh, totally, totally. Yeah. It's, it's way too heavy handed, I agree, but and I'm then- wondering if like... Maybe, you know, somebody, grandmas or something. I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. maybe. I don't know. But then... But, but then something really heavy. And then that would have been like, oh, shit, he's a robot. Yeah. I'm right. like, well, why is his skin really yellow and pot-marked? Oh, he's a, <laughs> he's a robot with really bad skin, I guess. Um, <laughs> or he could have been electrocuted by the water or something. Yeah, like just something like that. But it's just, to me, it's just, it's just like, dude, I get it. Like, Data's a robot. And now... I know that Data being a robot is going to play like a big role in this film. Right. And automatically I'm annoyed. Like, come on, man. Like now I got to deal with Data being a robot. And again, like I've seen this at least twice a year for seven years. I've seen 14 episodes about this. Like, I don't want to see it in the movie. It's just, ah, God, it was so aggravating. And Mm -hmm. it, and you know what? And, and I know, and you know, it's coming. And I know it's coming because this is like the tenth time I've seen this movie. But I get more aggravated every time. It's just so dumb. It's like, I don't know. It had a, it had a nice payoff, though. I mean, did it? I mean, he cried when he saw his cat at the end. I mean, that's, oh no, I was talking about the the thing that made made us laugh with Crusher going in the when water. When he pushes her in the water because he's trying to learn how to be funny. I know, but I just I've seen all this, man. Like I just I, I get Shatner thought that was funny. Yeah. Shatner's like, yeah! I'm in the pool of water. <laughs> he shoved a broad in the lake. That That's some killer shit. There. I, I wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> I like to think Shatner has just a completely different voice, though, when he's not doing his voice for the show. <laughs> he's got this Hollywood thing going, and it's just, you know, Spider, I tell you, kid, that was great. And you can see right through her top. <laughs> Spot on, young man. Good good job, fat robot. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Where's my bourbon? I saw the dame get pushed in the water. But yeah, just she, she gets pushed in the water and ha-ha, everyone gets a laugh out of it. But no one, uh, now we got to no. deal with this. They, they actually kind of broke his balls over this for uh-huh. like a couple of scenes. And it pissed me off because I'm like... He's doing what you told him to do. Like he's trying to learn how to be funny. Shoving like, people in water is funny, Data. That's what okay. they just told him. <laughs> a 
fucking push this bitch in the water. Dude, not. I laughed. Cool. I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny too, but it's I just- was hoping Jordy would go in. Where he's like, dude, not cool, bro. <laughs> he just he's starts like, pushing everyone off the boat. Yeah, but Dave, I mean, Jordy can't swim. I mean, no offense. And I love that it knocks, swim. well, no, he knocks Worf back in the water because yeah. Crusher's going over. You know, you got, and Worf has fucked up his knee, you know, coming out of the water. He's got the big bloody knee now. He's, you know what I would have liked is maybe a spinoff movie, uh, Overboard with Crusher, where she ends up with Kurt <laughs> Russell and then like, you have space overboard. Like I would totally. She's got a she's got a radius. This little like brood of like children. Any medical knowledge to forget. Yeah, right. she, has, she has that many. Of that. And then she raises Kurt Russell's children to be like a Manson family of murder. Like that's what I wanted. <laughs> and they kill people that go to the mini golf course. Yeah. Oh my god, it's such yeah. a great movie. Yeah, but then Kurt Russell's like, oh my god, what have I done? I've unleashed <laughs> a murderer on my family. And he's got to like take him back in and like brainwash him. That's what I want to watch. You know, this is a little off topic, but when you said fat robot, all I could think of was fat Spider-Man. And so that was a magic slightly dressed up as data. No. Yes. That'll never happen, unfortunately. I know. But yeah, so then all of a sudden, um, I guess there's a subspace uh, uh, message for Kirk, and Kirk goes over. Not Kirk, Picard. Picard. Picard goes over, and that's another thing. But we'll talk about that later. He goes on over to the to the little bridge and sees, and he gets all he gets all sad. He gets Picard sad and leaves. Yeah. And then, Picard. and then two seconds later, there's a red alert, and then everybody goes to the bridge in costume. And I still don't understand how the costumes can leave. The holodeck, but that's oh, it, it's it's like the, no, come on, this is like going back to first season. I know, I'm just saying it's still annoying. I, mean, I had an issue with it too. Oh my god, how do you miss this thing? They don't. The costumes aren't made. Yes, if they went into the holodeck and put on their imaginary clothes, theoretically they would. They walk out nude. Yeah, <laughs> yes. like okay. they should. They should go in the holodeck wearing like the the track balls. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, like they the wear track balls. Yeah. 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 you. Remember the Dixon Hill episodes? They when Picard I know, in his I know. pajamas, he got dressed up. Everybody dressed up. Crusher looked pretty hot in nineteen forties Crusher clothes. Yeah, she did with that pancake ass, right? And then they all get dressed up and go in. <laughs> you know, that's, I know, that's I, know, I know. I'm just saying it's just annoying uh, because now they're on the bridge and some poor schmuck has to take uh, uh, Picard's no has to take Riker's saber from him before he can sit down. Like there's some guy that walks by and grabs his saber and walks away. He might as well be dressed in all black like a stage tech or something. Like oh, let me get your props, sir. <laughs> See, I Wait like the, the, those very nautical uniforms, though. No, they look cool. Like they look awesome. You know, that's and, why Star Trek. Uh, this what is it? Star Trek Two uniforms look so kickass. Is they yeah. were very. You know, maritime in the old Navy time. I dig the uniforms. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like. But don't they in First Contact when he goes into the holodeck to get away from the Borg? Don't Mm -hmm. they use the holodeck to create clothes for them? Yes. So why why don't they do that all the time? Because dressing up is fun. It is. It's called role playing. Where do they put all their clothes? They just throw them away. They space throw them yeah. away, I think. You, they, you, throw, you throw them in the... Uh, the, the space replicator. Plan. Yeah, because that was yeah. the thing with... Uh, we watched... Um, Jesus, Alexander crying about doing chores. Jenny and I watched the episode with Loxana Troy when she shows back up again. And she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the mud episode. Yeah, the mud episode, she's yeah. She's naked. And, oh, and she's so, so hot and old. 
old hot lady. She's got like Susan Sarandon hot. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like Susan Sarandon's real hot now, but she's real old. That's what Luxana Troy is. She's like space Susan Sarandon. You know, oh. I, if I ever meet that bastard Rod, Roddenberry at a con, that, that's going to be my opening line. Was dude, I jerked off to your mom so many fucking times. <laughs> like, me too. High five. Whoa, weird. Oh. I gotta go. <laughs> your mom is hot. I'd totally do her. And she's dead. Okay, I just need you to understand that, Rod. I would do your dead mom. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and how do you know I haven't? Oh, so then what happens here? Um, <laughs> moving on. They get well. I mean, once you start talking about necrophilia, dude, I'm kind. That's kind of my limit. <laughs> that's that's the line for the show. Yeah, you know, and it's a pretty. That line is really far away. Like it's we out there. Really go to get there, man. You got to go get the uh, warp engines. And it's stuff. like in the Gamma Quadrant, bro. <laughs> you got to need a wormhole to get to that. Thing. Voyager can't get to that line. But so then we have like a we all we find out that the distress call is from a, a like a research center or something, and it's been totally wrecked. By um, something or other, I don't know. Romulans, right? Somebody. Well, we don't know that initially. No. And when we get there, we don't know. Until we find a body. How we find a body, and then we find another guy. It's like, hey, Sting's here. Cool. Maybe Stuart Copeland's here, and they can have like a police reunion on board. That'd be pretty <laughs> kick ass to have in ten forward. You know, can you play rock sand for me? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't stop losing. I can't. I can't. That's one of my favorite. Fleet Harry in a coal mine. <laughs> I can't stand losing you. Yeah, that'd be kick ass. But no, it's just Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. It's not even Roddy McDowell, so he can't even do Planet of the Apes lines, which is a bummer. It's just he can, he can do Caligula lines though. True. When he starts greasing up his arm, it's like, whoa, dude, hey. <laughs> calm down, calm down. I like the way this party's going. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So, yes, they go aboard and they find a body. Then they find a guy who's alive. And then they bring him aboard the Enterprise and they chit-chat for a while. And then all of a sudden they have, like, this reception for some reason. Like, who's the reception for? Like, why are they having it? Because 10 Forward is popping, son. It's like a key party, man. That place is – it is jumping. Well, see, that's the thing is when that scene came What happened? They got a budget. They have movie money now, so they can afford extras. That's why, I, I mean, we're sitting here just like, up, oh, and the budget kicked in. But, I mean, it looks like, like Puffy's going to show up, and he's going to start giving his vodka to people and stuff, and, like, there's rat bitches everywhere, and he's just like, uh, like, it gets crazy. Supposedly, yeah, this is what <laughs> Yo, this, this is Ciroc, son. Space Rock is going to drop on y'all. Pete Diddy run the city, I mean, and he's going to do all his stuff, and it's going to be hot to death, son. It's Puffy. We're going to have uh, hologram Biggie Smalls going to show up. He's going to do some rapping. It's going to be great. But he's not Pete Diddy anymore. He's Pete Dodgerant, so you can run the quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally watch that. But yeah, this, I mean, I Space, I know you do. I love Puffy. He the best. He the best. But he's it's just like. It's, I mean, I don't like him because he's a rapper. I like him because he's cool. Like He's just fun. But anywho, um, yes, Ted Ford is popping, son. It is crazy. And then all of a sudden we have that annoying scene with Data where he drinks a drink out of the weirdest looking tea kettle in the whole wide world. And he's acting. <laughs> it's like he's chucking back a giant cock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the, the the tea kettle was rather phallic looking. Like it was, yeah. he was deep turning it. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, so this is the uh, Commander Troy's uh, practice. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, uh, oh, this is revolting. I, I can't tell. Why. Am I feeling some emotion? And then it's like, oh, that's hate. I hate this. Ah. Let me have more. <laughs> God, I just. It's just so unnecessary. I just. Yeah. You just want to sure, hit him. I'm sure the 12 year olds loved it. Did they? Did they? Are 12 year olds seeing this movie in the theaters, man? Like. I don't know how the demo, but I mean, every time I see Brent Spiner acting, I just want to punch him in the fucking face. It's his birthday. I was watching a movie on his birthday, and I'm wishing him bad things on his birthday. I feel like such a terrible person. <laughs> but then you, then you continued watching his acting and went, no, I'm, 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 I'm good. I hate Brent Spiner. Like, it's just, God, I just want to punch he, him. He reminds me of, and then pretty much half of the TV I watch now is kids' TV. So he reminds me of like a villain on Odd Squad. <laughs> he's, yeah, like he's, he's, on that show. he's so over and the I, top. And I guess the target audience is like 16-month-olds because my son <laughs> loves that show for some reason. <laughs> I just hate him. But it's a cute moment. I, like he's just there to kind of break it up, and then all of a sudden, uh, Picard and uh, Space Sting have like this really intense conversation. And 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 Malcolm McDowell. What? I would have been twelve. I would have been twelve years old in the theater watching this movie. I just went and looked when it came out. Well, yeah, twelve year olds were watching this in the theater, and I didn't laugh as a twelve year old. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I remember being a, even as a little kid, being like, "God, this is so." I mean, I don't think I understood the concept heavy handed, but yeah, I didn't even dig it when I watched it in the theater. I went, I went for a wharf. That was the only reason. But sorry, you said we're twelve year olds laughing, and I had to go figure out if I was. I mean, I like the fact that you did the research. I like the fact that you did the research on it. Like I'm into it, but it's just like ah, it's just unnecessary. Again, it's just for me. It's just like okay, I get it, man. He's a robot. Like now he's because he put an emotion chip in, and now he's got emotions, and that whole scene was annoying too. Every time I see Brent Spiner on screen, I'm just annoyed. Well, see, I hated though the scene where they show the emotion chip before yeah. the end, and it's it's this big blocky, you know, Lego block thing or bristle block on a, you know, fishing string dangling in this jar. And the last time we saw it was it on uh, the episode with, uh, with Lore? Lore? Yeah, Descent. Yeah, Descent. Yeah, and it was this, you know, it was completely different looking. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck did you do to the chip, Data? It. And the scene where they, they put it in is somewhat erotic. Yeah. Like he, he sits down in his chair with the mouth open, and then Jordy pops off his head, and then he starts poking around, and then, yeah, it's just dumb. He starts, his dick in starts it. holding it. Oh my God, how do you not see the Christmas lights come through his, his skin on, with his hair? I mean... Well, it's like a refrigerator door. When the scalp goes on, they go off. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you know what? That's quality bullshit. I'm in it. I'll buy it. Yeah. You think Jordy sits there like like looking under the flap of skin trying to catch the lights yeah. coming on? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, we almost had it. You think Jordy stands there with his scalp open, just staring. You know, he doesn't want to pull anything out. He's just looking to see what's in there. Hmm. Let me look at your positronic. Exactly. Brain. I want to what see some light. What am I in the mood for today? Do I want to see some memories of? Hmm. Yeah. I don't want anything. He just closed. Yeah. If he gets bored, he plays Simon Says. <laughs> Slap it, whip it, bob it, doop it. I'm. I'm just trying Choke. to figure out. Like, did they make space for him to fit this giant blocky chip in? Yeah. Like, what did they have to get rid of to put you that? Know, in? Uh, Dad designed him to. Yeah. 
But the chip has you know, changed. You know what they got rid of? His sense of humility. <laughs> <laughs> his moderation. His yes. Oh, God. Like, his yeah. control. Yeah. yeah. He's got a double chin. He's a robot with a double chin. Like, it's crazy, man. Um, but, yeah, so they keep doing this. And then uh, Malcolm McDowell and uh, what's his name in the movie? Soren. Soren. Soren and uh, Soron. Soron the moron. And Picard have, like, this really intense conversation about, like, something or other. I don't know. Time is, is, time is to find which we burn. It is. A, it's a, I feel like this. they're just trying to out-English each other at this point. <laughs> like That's actually the point I messaged you earlier this evening. It was like, God, this drags. Yeah, some I of think, it does. I think that was kind of like because he's in, what, what do they call him, El Lurian or whatever? Yeah, the race that Guinan is, and they're yeah. like, like kind of telepathic. So he was probably like saying that line to to tweak Picard because he knew that his his nephew just died in a fire. Yeah, because so. we don't know that yet as yeah. as the viewer. We're still trying to figure that out. But that is the theme of the show of the movies. Like early on, when uh, Kirk finds out that Sulu had a baby, him and his partner adopted a baby. Um, he got all kind of sentimental. I was like, oh, I wish I would have been gay and adopted a baby. And then we find, then we find out that Picard, uh, his nephew dies in a fire. And his brother. And his brother. They're all dead. Dead, dead, yeah. dead. And again, I said it before and I'll say it again. Um, photo albums are exactly the same in the 24th century. Like, they're still, <laughs> no, leather, no. They're still leather-bound books with but- – plastic paper that you stick on top of the photo so it doesn't slide anywhere in it it's exactly we know we, we've got the the little holographic reflective edges on the pictures scrapbooking now. so you're telling yeah. me picard's in the space scrap <laughs> hey man yes. old, old ladies in space they'll have to work at like a michael's or something i mean they gotta, i mean because i class. i got one of them yeah. i got one of them picard books in my house jack <laughs> and you know what is it gonna be robert robert and Renee looked nothing like the last time we saw them. No. But again, again, budget. They got better looking actors. Yeah. And the last time we saw Renee was in the Everybody Turns Into Kids episode because he's the one who played young Picard. Yeah. And then he showed, and then uh, Crusher, not Crusher, but stupid Troy shows up. And this is basically her only scene in the movie besides when she's flying the ship into oh, oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, what's wrong? Are you sad? And he's basically crying his eyes out in front of her. <laughs> that was painful for me to watch, though. After years of Picard, the only time I'd seen him really show pained emotion was on the, the Four Lights yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so he had an excuse. Dude was tortured, like hardcore, and he has a breakdown. I'm cool with that. Well, what any conversation with Troy is torture. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, of course I'm sad. My fucking brother and his son died tragically, horribly in a fire. Like, I... It was almost like the watching a father figure, though. Yeah. First time you see your dad cry, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, and then he, and like, then he has like the sense of mortality because he's like, Picards have always been around. Like, we've colonized the moon. We've done this. We've done that. And now there's not going to be any more Picards because I'm a homie. Slaughtered Indians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he left that part out conveniently. Yeah. You know? But, um, but yeah, then he's all bummed out because he's sad. He's the last one, you know? His, his little bastard from uh, the seventh season one that wasn't actually his bastard with Vigo. But there's always Wesley, though. Yeah. You know? Well, he went off, though. The last time we saw him, he's flying off of the Traveler with Space Indians. I'm just saying he could have been his son. And no one, we're still waiting for the Maury test, yo, the Space Maury. Yeah, he wouldn't acknowledge him even if it came out 
Yeah, you yeah, know that. Yeah. Well, you are the father. He did the murder of Jack Crusher if he did. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have that whole scene, and then, and then I just kind of—I'm not going to lie—I kind of trail off, like, because it does, like, it does, It just feels like an episode, like, mm-hmm. like a really long episode because yeah. they don't. The hardest thing for me watching these movies or in the theater. It was like, okay, it's a movie. Oh my, it's, it, it was an episode. And then when it comes on VHS, that made it even worse because now I'm watching it in the same medium yeah. as I watch the episodes. Mm-hmm. So when we're watching it tonight, it's painful. My it's, wife at one point looked at me, she's like, people like this? <laughs> I was like, yeah, people liked it. Because I mean, then we get to the scene where like, I guess they go back to the space lab and all this other jazz and like a rocket gets shot into the sun and blows it up and Jordy gets kidnapped. Jordy gets kidnapped because Data's emotional. He's a he's a schoolboy bitch and can't I can't save my friend. And did you the best part about this scene was the war the look that Worf gave him like you're a fucking coward. Yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. wish Worf would have just killed him right there. Like that <laughs> now, the joke that he was laughing at, is that actually in the Farpoint episodes? Okay. The one about the Frangie in the gorilla suit. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't see it. I don't know. I don't care enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I just hate data. Like, I don't think so. Up until this point, and granted, I've only seen eleven episodes of Deep Space Nine original series and TNG. Data is my least favorite character in all the series. I hate. Wow. Him. I just hate him. Damn, like, he's such a one-trick pony. Like, it's I. I am a robot. I am a robot. No, I'm not. I'm not a robot. I am a robot. I am a robot. So when he shows up for season six and seven of DS9 as the replacement ops officer, you don't like that at all? I haven't got that far. I don't know. It hasn't happened uh, yet. Uh, I just thought he was a head that floats through outer space at the end. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, and I think it was that scene with uh, Deanna Troy, by the way, that uh, I finally realized how dark this movie was like they didn't know how to turn the fucking lights on like, oh, yeah. on the sets. Yeah. I hate that. yeah especially in the theater i mean after seven years of this well-lit hilton you know lobby <laughs> now it's darkest it's like did somebody not pay the bill yeah it's very mo- <laughs> it's very moody like they're trying to set a tone and they're not even doing it like subtly it's just dark you're like well what? it's got it's got all that chiaroscuro one point lighting where you've got like the uh, the silhouettes going across the yeah. ceiling it's got those bars going towards how much the- of that is a function of shooting on video versus shooting on film see i think part of it was we built this set for television and oh fuck we're stuck with it for the movie mm-hmm. we so got we got to blow this thing up <laughs> keep, keep it dark until we can blow it out of the sky <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, like, it's the set is pretty much the same. Yeah, it's exactly. So, I mean, like, because it's a bridge, they have an elevated stage now. So, I feel like maybe they're trying to cover up some warts. They got the club lights on it. It's a strobe light, honey. You're like, oh, man, this set is awesome. Like, oh, no, gotcha. that's the TV set. Like, no, nah, that shag carpet over there. I know what that looks like. <laughs> you know, like, it's they're just keeping it dark to keep it good looking, I guess. But when the sun blows up, we finally get some light in the room. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, okay, we just got to blow, blow up the uh, local star, and we're good. I will say the sun blowing up there was a really cool effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the effects, like visually outside of the Enterprise, it looks cool mm-hmm. because you're used to seven years of TV 
Trek and now you see the awesomeness that is movie Trek. You're like, wow, that looks pretty dope. Mm-hmm. You know? But I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of, at this point, I'm watching a movie like, all right, where are we going here? I'm guessing yeah. that's, that's where they spent the majority of their effects budget because, you know, they recycled the, the Klingon ship blowing up later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Star Trek Six, wasn't it? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. And something else, too, didn't it? Oh, it's in the episodes, too. It's yeah. Klingon Bird of Prey blowing up has been used many times. <laughs> I think it's from the original series, dude. Like, it, it was, <laughs> Actually, they found that clip, and then they built the series around. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> space guy, space tra- Star Trek. Space oh, guy. <laughs> this is going to be so dumb. I would totally love space guy, by the way. That would be killer. It's like space it was the same. It was the the sequel slash prequel to Fall Guy, Fall Guy, Space Guy. Fall Guy's a great show, man. He's uh, there was a that man that solves mysteries. Well, there was the Lloyd Bridges one, Ocean Guy. Um, Ocean Guy. Oh, yeah. So, so we got to the point where we're talking about uh, um, Space Sting it tricks everybody and splits with Jordy. Yep, and, right. all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, he ends up on a Klingon bird of prey that Dennis alluded to blowing up later. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, doing his uh, Kunta Kinte impersonation again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, we see the Dura sisters and oh, their yeah. big breasts. And for some reason, Space Sting just punches one of them in the face and she gets all turned on. She's like, you better fuck the shit out of me if you're going to do that, player. <laughs> you think they did? They did, right? No, I don't better. In my head, they did. And you can't tell me otherwise. It's fantastic. See, meanwhile, I'm still freaking out because this is 1994. And they got some big-ass space boobs. I've, I've spent uh, the last 10 years now of my life being told that bloodborne pathogens, you will get AIDS, you will die. That is your lot in life. If you look at a woman, you will die. Here comes this bitch, and she wipes the blood on his lip, and I'm like, no, Jesus Christ! You know what you can get from that? That's dirty Klingon blood. And oddly enough, it's red blood, unlike what we recently saw in Star Trek. Six, that was Pepto-Bismol blood. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they can't keep all that stuff straight, man. What do you think this is? <laughs> like continuity, huh? Well, I know this why they did it. It's just like some small indie film, you know? It's not big budget. This is also at, like, uh, 90 years in the future or something like so that. So maybe they evolved. Yeah. I mean, because to be so fair, they evolved during the original series. Yeah, because they used yeah. to just be in blackface. So yeah. now they have big ridges on their face and red blood. So what do you want? And then um, uh, I guess Homeboy tells them to take them uh, uh, to the to some system. What's the name of the system? Brilliant. Kind of gives up. He's like, "Well, this is this is pointless." <laughs> pointless. Just like it's Viridian. The Viridian system. Yeah. Viridian three is mostly uninhabited. Yes. Viridian four has a pre-industrial society. It's cool because um, Picard is kind of. This is like a precursor to him playing Professor X. Mm-hmm. Like almost because he's in that weird. The stellar astromech. Yeah, the stellar, stellar cartography. It looks like the fucking room from the X Men. What's the name? Cerebro. Yeah, it looks like Cerebro. Yep. Like he's in that. It's got that kind of vibe. And yep. Data can't hold it together. He starts crying and, I gotta get out of here. This is just, I want you to deactivate me. <laughs> the car tells him, man up, bitch. Basically, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you wanted these emotions. Now you got to deal with them. Yep. I want to be turned off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so like again, just annoying. I, I like, you know, I hated though that this is the exa- This is supposedly the same ship 
that we went through the seven years of the series with. And when they go to stellar cartography, I'm sitting there going, oh, man, that would have looked sweet. Yeah. Why didn't they, they ever use this room? <clears throat> yeah. Wasn't that what uh, Picard's girlfriend, wasn't she uh, like a – Yes, like a and we – cartographer or whatever. Yes, we saw stellar cartography, and all it had was like big light-up balls in the floor. <laughs> and her saying, oh, don't drink tea at night. It's got caffeine. <laughs> that's – that's kind of the behind the scenes is because when she started dating Picard, they started shifting that budget around. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Picard said, you know what we got to do? Man, we got to soup up stellar cartography, baby. We got we to gotta make that shit. We got to make that shit playlistic. You know what I mean? Like, like All I, big 24-foot screens and Scarface playing on the ceiling 24 hours a day. <laughs> All I know is the stellar cartography bitches put out. So yeah. we're bumping it up. We're doubling the Manning. Because it looks really cool, man. It's a, it's a very neat effect. Like this is one of the cooler effects in the movie. Like I really dug, I really dug this scene. Like I just kind of like they're putting everything together. It's like okay, now we're finally getting somewhere. Because I'm not gonna lie, for a little while I was kind of bored, you know. And now we're finally getting somewhere. Like okay, he blew up the star because he wanted to change the gravitational of the the gravitational pull of the rift. The ship that they mentioned was from the uh, TNG. Yeah. The episode, the Bozeman was the ship that came from the past. Bozeman. And, and uh, Captain uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Captain, Captain Fraser Crane. Captain, Captain Fraser Crane. Yeah, that's his ship. Yeah. So. so then we have that cool scene where then Picard finally puts two and two together. And I feel like we're finally going to get to the meat of the issue here. Mm-hmm. Just It took too long for me to get to that point. Yeah. Again, I hate to I hate to rush it, but it's just like, okay, dude, I get it. Data's a robot. We have this big party. We go back to this place. The star blows up. What's happening? Why? Oh, it's the rift. Oh, he's gonna move the rift to this planet. Well, that's where uh, Space Soren's gonna be, and sure as shit, that's where he is. Yep. And we overestimate. We underestimated the Klingons because, yeah. Well, no, Soren. Soren put the like a. Like a spy cam in Jordy's eyeballs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that was ridiculous. Really, yeah. it was dumb. You think Jordy would have known, or they would have filtered that out in the bio filter? So I don't know. It just seemed kind of that, that capability already existed though, because it what was it season two or something like that, or maybe even season one where Jordy had his visor and he was walking around that oh, derelict the, the heart of glory. That was the episode yeah. where we found the the Klingons and we learned about the Klingon death rituals and. So wait, so Jordy fell for a seven-year-old trick? Well, no, no. He had broadcast what he saw back to the Enterprise while he was on an away mission. Okay. And, yeah, so that was already built in. They just rejiggered it for their frequencies or whatever. Well, no, because like Jenny was saying, it looked like uh, um, Daredevil vision when he was yeah. – uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predator yeah. vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that he's you know got this, it's like <laughs> they stuck a little mini cam in there. And it's going to go pro. They just, they just changed the Instagram, <laughs> the Instagram filters. Yeah, that's all they did. That's all they did. It's like a, it's like a lipstick cam, so they can, you know, like a POV porno movie. That's what I was watching. It was like a lipstick camera on the side of his face. Nobody noticed. Like what's because nobody cares about it. They're like, oh, look at that guy. Well, who examined him? Nobody got back to the. Oh ship. yeah, uh, Beverly did. She probably fixed. She probably fixed it for him. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this isn't transmitting. This this camera's not working right. <laughs> But um, but yeah, and I love the, I do love the Dora sisters joke here. For an engineer, he never goes to engineer because <laughs> he's just like walking around the ship doing he a lot. Bathed of and now he's walking around. Yeah. Watch some shower. Yeah, but <laughs> meanwhile, like, 
during the series, he was almost only in engineering, yeah. it seemed like. Well, you know, he's trying to venture out more, man. Like, he's got some free time. Because, I mean, the ship kind of engineers itself at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it he's like... great if he like, went to the holodeck to meet up with LeBron. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, this guy's a weirdo. <laughs> How many times can he masturbate a day? I mean, Jesus. LeBron's <laughs> Aquiel. Jesus. <laughs> Seven. And then they finally get... Because uh, you wonder why they put the... The uh, the lipstick cam in the in the in the visor, and then we find out so they can get the frequency for the shields. Mm-hmm. Whoa! And they set their torpedoes to the frequency. Ben, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's the sighing? I just I that is such a lame uh, for a twenty year old bird of prey that that's how they take down the flagship. I mean, these guys have taken. I mean, the org the the having your shields go through a uh, rotational frequency to mm-hmm. keep the Borg from being able to lock onto you and stuff. And now it's like, oh, we fired a torpedo. Somehow yeah, they got through our like the, uh, This is like, you know, you build an expeditionary base to be protected against like a like an army attacking or whatever, but you're not prepared for like the truck with a bomb inside of it. Yeah. It's just kind of like that, the brute tactics. But I also kind of look at it as like, you're just walking around with your credit card number on your forehead. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's almost too simple. Like, Hey, look, there's the frequency just right there on a board. Like, Hey, I, check that out. I write my pen on the back of my credit card. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that way I don't forget it. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! <laughs> but that's essentially what it is. Like it's. Like I always a, get it reset, so to do it, so you don't forget that it's actually your pin. <laughs> pin equals one nine seven one. <laughs> that way, I can remember the year I was born too. <laughs> Mother's maiden. <laughs> Street, street. I lived on. I put all this on the back of my card. <laughs> and people always want to know the last four of my social, so I've got the whole thing written down there, and I just count backwards. You just have like a little booklet in your wallet. And all of your information it's actually listed pertinent. Yeah. Pertinent information about Jordy LaForge. Yep, and it's right there. And so the Dora sisters see it. And it is an easy way. Like, it's a cheap way to go about it. And I find it weird that in the 24th century, you're missing. Like, you're shooting torpedoes from this bird of prey, and you're not hitting every time. Like, what is happening? Like, this should be, like, smart, super smart weapons, right? Like, And why is the, the flagship of the Federation having so much trouble getting through a 20-year-old Klingon ship shields? If if I take one hit and it's like holy shit they can get through our shields, we have no idea why, Jordy. Okay, then great. Now uh, just fire everything we have at them so they fire everything. Yeah, <laughs> shoot and keep shooting. Yeah, but then like they figure out there's some warp. Oh, that we've also forgot another annoying data scene when he's searching for life signs where he's like. Oh. Life. I just want to, I just, I hate him. Like, I just hate him. I just hate him. Well, there's also the one where he's talking to the tricorder. And I think we talked about that. In oh, the, I hated that uh, scene. Yeah. I just hate, I hate Data. Like, I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> I just want him to blow up on some Romulan ship. Yeah, like, that would be killer. If we could just, if we could just shove him out of, or have him jump out of the ship, that would be great. I, I mean, I generally like him, but there's a couple times in this movie that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. 
Just, no more. Yeah, like, no just, more. just shut up with your acting. Like, golly, I get it. I get it. I, I give up. I just want to wave the white flag, man. Like, I get it. I get it. I get I it. I remember one time when I was in Turkey at my in-law's house, and they're flip- my uh, father-in-law is flipping through the channels, and he lands on this movie. It's playing. It's and it's like from an Uzbekistani channel or something like that. So it's not even in Turkish, but he sees that it's like Star Trek, and he's like, "Hey, you want to watch this?" And I was like, "It's really not a good one." So. <laughs> Dude, please don't do this for me. Don't do this on my account, sir. Don't you do the? Uh, I don't want you to show. I don't want you to cut my tongue out because this movie sucks. Holy shit! Uh, I look forward to hearing your review, Dennis. <laughs> But yeah, this movie—it's uh, not terrible. Like, it's not. It's not. It could have been better. It could have been better. It could have been worse too, though. It could have been worse. <laughs> there are points where it does get worse. Where like, you know, not jumping because what happens is they blow up the sun, and the rocket gets to the sun way too fast. Oh yeah, and then the light mm-hmm. from the sun goes out too fast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's all you can't afford it. It's all very much better. Like it's essentially like the sun is like a pinata hanging right above this planet, and they just <laughs> whack the fucking thing with a stick. Because even even Stephanie was like, "Wow, that was really fast." And then I, she's half paying attention. <laughs> so, like, yeah. You know, See, this- <clears throat> but my thing was when they launch it, I was like, "Okay, maybe it has like a, a small warp engine." So it can get to the sun fast. No, it sh- it took off like a it took off like a bottle rocket. Like <laughs> right, but then when it breaks, when it gets to the atmosphere, then it goes into warp. So that gets it there fast. But then when the sun blows up and it starts getting dark immediately, yeah, it's just like somebody turned out the lights. Yeah, right. it, we're nine minutes from or eight minutes from our sun. So right. Like the sun could go out right now, and we wouldn't know it for eight minutes. Yeah, but this happens instantaneously. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I do love the crane shots in this movie, like the shot of space soaring on the, on the, yeah. the platform when, the, when yeah. the rift takes them away and all of a sudden they disappear. Well, that's the end of the police co- reunion concert and Sting yeah. stands up and he's like, yeah! <laughs> Come at me, bro. The pyrotechnics go off and it's like, <sighs> Yeah, it's really cool. It's a cool visual. Like, it's a, it's a good visual. And then all of a sudden we're in like Picard's fantasy world. Yeah. And like, again, I don't know why Picard lives in the 1870s. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like he has his Victorian wife and Victorian children. Yeah, like he's like a civil war reenactor, man. Like he <laughs> loves the shit. Like that's his wheelhouse. Mima always approved. <laughs> oh, Papa. Hello, Papa. Hello, Papa. Oh my God. I hated his kids. Yes. I hate it. And like, why does he need like six of them? I get it. You can reproduce, knock it off. Like that's like, <laughs> What are you thinking, dummy? See, one like, of the things that we didn't find out when he got stabbed to the heart and he had the the the, the robot artif- monkey heart. The robot monkey heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What we failed to realize is during one of the off seasons, he got stabbed in the balls as <laughs> he has, So he has robot monkey balls? He has robot <laughs> monkey balls. All right. And that's why he can't make his own children and he was so dependent upon Renee growing up and having kids okay all right so now so i guess in his his super future or his wonderful world of nexus he doesn't have any he's got regular balls and regular heart yeah i guess he's kids and he's got and he's got kids (laughs) regular balls and he's got kids and his kids are dressed like like porcelain dolls and his wife and you know what i'm not gonna this might be nitpicking but if this is your fantasy your wife's gotta be hotter bro that's that's all i'm saying like 
she's a six. Well, see, my thing was she's if, a six. I mean, come on, let's make let's make her like ten. Let's go. What are you thinking? You know, come on. They should have gotten. I mean, to make it like really creepy, is had like uh, Doctor Crusher's stunt double. That'd have been cool. It had her be his wife, just so it's like it looks really close to Crusher, but not quite. That'd just been cool. Everybody has that thought of huh. because she was a ginger. Yeah. So you know the the redhead. He has a thing for redheads, and that, like even in his fantasy, he's still wearing his uniform and stuff. Yeah. And um, and all of a sudden, Gaiden shows up, and Gaiden's like, "Hey, you just got done recording a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> that was a good joke. That was a good joke. <laughs> so then, Gaiden shows up, and Gaiden's like, "Hey, yeah, no, this is real." And he's like, "Oh, for real?" And then his and this is my favorite part about this whole movie. And I even told Stephanie, uh, his son comes over. And he's like, Papa, will you play me? He's like, yeah, yeah, kid, give me a minute. This is your fantasy. And you've had kids for two minutes and you're already gaffing them off. Like, yeah, 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 hang on, hang on. Give, daddy needs a minute. Like, I'm talking to my friend here. That's all I do is hang with you. Hey, you know what? I get it. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, okay, so none of this is real. It's like, nah, none of it's real. It's like, okay, cool. So we got to get out of here. Well, what are we going to do? I need help. Because watching old man Picard fight old man Sting is the oldest shit <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it's like watching two old guys fight over a plate at like Piccadilly or something. Like, well, then, <laughs> older man Shatner shows up. <laughs> well, we haven't even got that far yet. And then like... And then all of a sudden, uh, Picard goes out for space cigarettes and he leaves his. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I got to get out of here. And now, Papa's not joining you today, kid. Never again. I'll see you later. And that's it. Yeah. Walks out on his space family. He was a space father in space <laughs> fantasy for three minutes. And he's like, Yeah, I had enough of this. This is some bullshit. Yeah. And that's, that's it. <laughs> he's gone. I'm out. You know, I was thinking at the time that. Uh, Maybe he, you know, loaded up this program in the holodeck later on. Like he was just like, you know what? I want to, I want to visit my family again. I remember what they look like. I'll, I'll have the computer regenerate them or whatever. Now that you mention it, I don't think he does. <laughs> he, that three minutes was enough. He's like, I'm good. I'm Jesus gonna, like, Christ! People do this on purpose. <laughs> like I'm going back to my. He's like, you know what? I haven't done Dixon Hill in a while. Yeah, I'm gonna go back <laughs> to that life. The booze and the clubs and the smoking and the broads and yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it's like, oh, Papa, you know, the Christmas tree. Yeah, plug it up and it catches fire and, you know, the house <laughs> he runs out. It's like, Renee, no. He <laughs> runs out He runs out laughing. <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> Could have just turned off the program. No, it's better this way. <laughs> Computer, more gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> control, alt, delete. Control, alt, delete. Control, alt, delete. <laughs> but he escapes from the hell of a family. And then he shows up in like the mountains. Yeah. And the mountains of Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I was thinking that the whole time. He's in the mountains of Iowa chopping wood in his, uni- in his uniform. <laughs> and he went outside with his top coat on because it's folded over the logs. Yeah. So, like, he got in full regalia to go outside to take it off. Well, no, that's where he got wood. When, when he, for his, like Guinan said, from his point of view, he just got there. He just got there. And oh, he, you know, normally when I just open a place, the first thing I want to do is cut wood. Like, you know what? I'm going to yeah. take off your jacket, grab an axe. Because <laughs> I'm a man. Yep. In a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
God awful uniform. And he just shows up. And now why so are some now, Ben, let me ask you a question. You're gonna answer yeah. this. Why are some dudes wearing uh Deep Space Nine uniforms and some dudes wearing TV uniforms? What's up with okay. that? Okay. Well, first of all, this is the point just prior to this movie coming out where I had the huge argument with the captain of the uh, Von Braun back home. Because <laughs> the USS Von Braun was the Huntsville. Sh- and so they had the uh, DS9 uniforms uh-huh. with the pin from this movie. Because the season premiere of DS9, they switched over to the new pin. Okay. That we have Because we used to have the round circle with the arrowhead. Now we have the little... Some lines or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's the little squared off bracket looking thing behind the arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Well, I wore my TNG uniform shirt that you've seen many times on this program <laughs> with, the, with the new arrowhead design. And they just would not stop it. Oh, that's wrong. That, that's incorrect. That, that shirt and uh, pin combination never happens. This movie comes out. Bam! Who's right? That's right, me. Did you immediately go to them and be like, look, bitch. AOL lit up that night, let me tell you. (laughs) But why are are some people wearing DS9 uniforms? You still didn't answer my question. You just told me that you were right. The the whole purpose of this was just for you to tell me you were right 20 years ago. That's all that. That's exactly it. And it was 22 years (laughs) ago. So anyway, the reason, all right, on DS9, that's more of a field type uniform. Okay. That's, that's the, the camis. That's the, the working uh, blues. The working, bl- that's, no, no, the working blues. That's okay. more like uh, <laughs> utilities, dungarees. Okay. All right. Okay. Except officers don't wear dungarees. But I'm saying that's, that's the, I'm going to crawl around in the dirt uniform. Okay. Right. The, the standard TNG uniform that we're used to is a more formal they would call it like the garrison uniform. It's your class A's, maybe. So it's kind of like what they would wear on. It's what they would wear on the love boat, like fancy uniforms. I was in the air force. We had like three different uniform options. Not like the navy. You guys you, had so many different. Well, no, uniforms. I was. I was. Well, no, I'm. I'm saying though, you've got the. I'm going to get dirty uniform, which would be like your BDUs or CMUs yeah. or whatever. Then you well, would like have. I said, BDU, we had blues, which is like your office uniform. Right, your garrison you uniform. Just put a jacket on that. Right, and that's where the the nautical side comes in. Is where the uh, from the series they had the wraparound, you know, long dress uniform, mm-hmm. and then in later movies we see they've got the new Eisenhower white jacket with the gold trim dress uniform. Yeah. So you have a dress uniform, you have your your standard garrison office uniform, and then you have the 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 I don't know the work uniform. It's what they wear on DS9 and now on here. And then in the original, back in the TNG era, you also had the coveralls. Because there are a lot of times when people like Jordy would oh, go... the zip-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he'd go crawling in the yeah. Jeffrey's tubes. He'd have that mustard-colored yeah. you know, coveralls on. Okay, all right. Interesting. So that, that's your four uniforms. All right. <clears throat> so they're doing this whole thing, and then... um. <clears throat> He's cutting his wood and making his eggs and getting ready to have some sex. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm dead. Yeah, I don't. You know, Picard's like trying to talk him into it. He's like, come on, help me. Come on, help me. You have a duty as a Starfleet officer. And then he gives him the whole, I was running around saving the universe when your grandfather was in diapers. Well, see, I, th- I, I kind of side with Kirk on this a little bit with the whole, you know what? You know, I, I've done my bit. I, I've saved the galaxy a f- more than a few times. The galaxy owes me one. But not if it's real. Like, he's just living in a fantasy land. Like, it doesn't well, yeah. matter. I've earned my fantasy. 
I guess. But I mean, isn't being Captain Kirk enough of a kick-ass fantasy? Yeah, but Captain Kirk's got to retire. You know, this is, just, this is just him being said that he never had a family. Like, he's just like, I'm going to go up there and get married, and then we're going to have babies, and then I'm going to be 70 years old and a father for the first time, like I'm Tony Randall or something, and then I'm going to want to burn down my space house. <laughs> then I'll join you, but let all that stuff happen first. I love that when Picard walks in and well, Kirk's walking back to the camera and goes, do you smell something burning? The first thing I thought was Picard to look up and go, Renee, no! <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, buddy. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. But yeah, so um, then all this. I mean, he goes into the his bedroom, presumably to go <laughs> to bed with his wife, and Picard yes. just follows him right he's in. Like, well, right, that was like creepy Picard. I'm just going to stand out in the hall and listen for a little. There's a, ki- there's a kick-ass party. <laughs> he's making horse noises. Oh, I got to get in on this. Donkey show. Well, he's such a. I mean, he loves to ride. Well, no, but I yeah, love he's, he's got his own saddle. He's probably bummed out that he didn't bring it in his fantasy. I, I love that when he goes in, he's like, this isn't your bedroom. And you know, it's like, well, no shit, right? How do you know his bedroom isn't a horse place? What do they call them? Like it's an actual <laughs> table. Stable. 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 There you go. I prefer horse, horse place. Pl- I prefer horse place. <laughs> so Antonia. spin off from Police House. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Antonio was a horse place on oh, horse place. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker was supposed to be the actress that played. Oh, his damn. oh, yeah, I went there. I still have I have PTSD from that show. Just, just deal with it. Horse place. <laughs> horse place. <laughs> no, no, that was actually horse place. <laughs> <laughs> But then, um, so then they go riding together and then uh, Shatner makes some jump and then he realizes that like, that didn't even affect me. I wasn't nervous. I knew I was going to make it. This is dumb. I want to leave. Now, I like the horse work on this though. That was cool. When he, you know, he rides circles around Picard while he's talking. And then when he, uh, you know, does the little sidestep as he's talking to him, get closer in. He knows his way around a horse. Yep. Of course he does. Sure does. He's great. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, they yeah. do, then they do the, uh, they go he's back. To, yeah, he's Mitt Romney. They go back to the scene before <laughs> with, uh, with uh, a space sting. And now I have to watch three old men fight. And this is what <laughs> I'm, I'm This just, pisses me off from the day I saw this in the theater. No, why is that? You can leave the Nexus and show up at any time you want to make the change right i show up bam beginning of the movie and as soon as dr soren comes over it's like handcuffs buddy and bam he's in the brig that's but that doesn't give it like a very cool like back to the future ending where they have to fight the libyans and stuff and all that jazz it's it's just that was the for that conceit that you can leave at any time i know it that that fucks it up and the picard i mean kirk is like wait a minute I'm from like 78 years ago. Hold on, buddy. I'll pop out back then and leave a note for you. <laughs> it's good. Well, see, this is the whole the timeline must be preserved type of thing, right? Because Picard's time, his history has to stay the way that it is up to that point. Because and he so can't go back and save her day. Right. And that's why Kirk has to die because yeah. Kirk can't exist in this timeline yeah. any further you know, mm-hmm. beyond his 
little intervention that he does. So yeah, that's why they have to come out here, and that's why Kirk has to die. And no, Kirk could have lived on. There's an entire series of novels where uh, Kirk lived. Past not, his- not canon, motherfucker. Well, no, it's written. <laughs> it was written by William Shatner. And, uh, <laughs> of course, it was. I'm sure there's Kirk, flash fiction too. Kirk mm-hmm. is the bestest captain of all time, and yeah. and he, he helped save everybody. That's what happened here. Yeah, like that's the only reason why I'm convinced they got him to do the movies. Like, look, you can be the hero. Yeah, but I, I hate the death scene. And you can ride a horse. And I will say this: um, this is why I'm not against like reboots and recasting because like the watching these three old fucking shrivs fight is the saddest thing in the whole wide world. Like, you can actually hear their bones creaking as they're throwing bunches. <laughs> My leg, up. and Stewart's in great shape. He's just not much of a fighter. Yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. I was yeah. getting upset that Science Guy was beating up two trained Starfleet officers who I mean, have combat training. He's an alien, though. Yeah, he is an alien. And to be fair, I mean combat. I mean, come on, they did Othello as their senior thesis. I mean, that's stage combat, bro. It's not real. Okay. They don't know anything about real fight. And, and like we have and the one part that did bum me out was we have Kirk in this movie. Why is he not judo chopping the shit out of everybody? That's his move. Like what the hell is going on? I want to see some. So he, he's also got to do the flying kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Hong Kong fooey. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I mean, science guys had sex with the Duras sisters. So, I mean, he knows his shit. Like he's, he can take a pounding. He can take a pounding. So, I mean, you know, he's good. He could probably take these two dudes. Yeah, he took just, the two of them. I'm, I'm just saying. It's true. So, you're saying he's trying to have sex with those two guys, too? Yeah. <laughs> Why no, not, man? He's, this is just foreplay. He's got, he's into it. He's kinky. He's like, before I go into my fantasy world, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck these two old men. <laughs> he thinks in this fantasy world. That's actually what's going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spot on. And then I love like the weird cat and mouse scene between like him and uh, Kirk in the, I guess in the scaffolding of the, they're playing like Keystone cops. And it's just, it made me think of me trying to get my kids out of the park when they were little and we would be at Mount Trashmore and they're in the monkey bars. I'm like, no, no. It's just like, it's just bad to watch. Like the whole fight scene is just bad. Like it's just cheesy. Like it's, it just looks kind of sad and pathetic and the fact that kirk has to kind of come in and save the day it it takes away the awesomeness and the specialness of seven years of a of a really great television program it just kind of casts that aside and goes like oh kirk kirk will fix everything it's almost, yeah it's almost like a slap in the face it works from one aspect to where like picard has never had to be the action hero really mm-hmm. and like kirk kirk never had a problem with that in the past mm-hmm so like this is he has to learn because the future challenges are like dealing with the Borg in first contact and the you know fighting the Remans and Nemesis and stuff like that. Like they need to build him up as an action hero, and it'd be kind of ridiculous if all of a sudden he was this great hand to hand combat guy. See, but that's the weird thing though, Dennis. When when people talk about the the Star Trek films and they're like, well, especially now with the reboots, everybody's like, well, it's bullshit that. Kirk and Spock are out there punching people in the face and do it's like have you seen any Star Trek movie like that's what happens like they turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger from oh, Commando and they're you. and they're and they're punching people in the face you know am I right Ben yeah I have no problem with you know Spock and Kirk 
kicking ass. They did it all through the original series. Yeah, that's why it's it's. All, I've always found that a weird crit of the J.J. Abrams films, like uh, they're fighting with their hands. It seems so dumb. It's like no, no. that's that's kind of what it is, man. That's that's some of your pussy ass little TNG fans. That that's what they grew up with. I was seven in 1999, and I found the <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Generation, and that is the greatest Star Trek of all time. It is almost as good as Star Trek: Enterprise. <laughs> Shut the fuck up you little <laughs> shit <laughs> all right I'm in a fucking fire know your history calm down ben calm down. <laughs> know your made-up history <laughs> future history's no joke all right Future history i, I sat heard, there heard and, that phrase in years Thank i you. sat there in front of that goddamn television getting radiation in my fucking brain because those old sets in the 70s those fucking 1973 zeniths were putting off enough gamma radiation. I should turn green right now. Yeah, man. I tell you what, uh, Paramount concentrated radiation coming out of 13 inch screen. Right yeah. <laughs> Paramount owned future history is the way to go, and you should know your shit, man. Like, so, isn't yeah. it ridiculous to think now how small TVs used to be? That's <laughs> yeah, insane. My iMac upstairs that just sitting on the desk is bigger than my family television. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's crazy. I was in the living room in the console or whatever. Yeah. Like the set was huge, but the screen was so small. Yeah, like the laptop now has like, you know, a family size, our, my 13-inch iMac, and it's just like, yeah, but the console would be the size of our bar. <laughs> that one little screen in the middle with a big curve and the bow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. Pretty awesome. I think there was a the Simpsons episode where Homer went to his old family home. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, the, there's the yeah the radiation shadow of him yeah. in the TV. That's a great one. Yeah. Now, did you ever have the thing where your TV set would make people's heads stretch? Like yes. Whatever, yeah. The older you get too close to the picture. Yeah. yeah. Like this area would just the forehead would just. They all had Peyton Manning forehead. Yeah. And I always <laughs> thought there was something wrong with me because everybody I saw was on yeah. television. They're like coneheads. And I didn't have that. So um, let's see here. Uh, then I guess they fight and then they blow up the rocket and yeah. Sorn blows up and everything's hunky dory. And Kirk's dead. And Kirk's dead. And he buries him under rocks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I'm never going to get rescued. Bears might be out here. Let me bury him just in case. Bears. Space bears. Space bears. Smell the dead body. Space I can't take that chance. Yeah. And then now, that was that's the him falling, having the bridge fall on him. Which is that not irony? That Captain Kirk is killed by a bridge. By a bridge. On the bridge. Now the bridge is on him. Yep. But no, uh, that's a reshoot. The original ending had Soren shooting uh, Kirk in the back. Ah. And, and Kirk goes down, and Shatner said the way that he played it is that he had a horse fall. I've been shot in the back. Uh, uh, someone help me. Uh. Well, no, he he, uh, he said when the horse fell on him when he was at a show. The horse fell on him? He had a horse fall on him. Is that a donkey show in the no, horses. I've had a horse fall on me; almost broke my leg. What? <laughs> Sometimes a horse will go over. I mean, this, this is a real Sometimes thing. Horse you, you now, was, was this horse fed like a marijuana brownie or something like that? That's, that's beside the point. So anyway, he had a horse go down. When it healed <laughs> over, he uh, <laughs> on who? On Shatner. I don't understand. Um, he, what, when? He, this is at a horse show. 
Was this horse like walking a tightrope or something? No. So any okay, it's, there's a horse. There's an accident. Shatner's hurt. It's like the episode of Red and Stimpy when the horse falls. And so he said that he knew he was no hurt sir. I didn't hurt. like it. And then he started to get up, and his body failed him. That he just did the whole like, oh, I'm all right. I just had a horse fall on me. So he goes up. And he, he crumples back down. And so that's how he played the scene when he gets shot that Kirk can't die. You know, in Kirk's mind, Kirk can't die. So when he gets shot and he goes down, his body just refuses to accept it. So he goes to get back up, but he physically can't stay up. And then he does the crumple and he does his final lines after Picard takes down Soren. So and guess, like, they reshot the whole thing. When a, when a horse falls, it doesn't land on his feet. No. It just kind of lands on its side, I guess? It's already on its feet. And then it's like, <laughs> something has caused a disturbance. <laughs> the horse. There's a disturbance in the horse. It's like thousands of voices cried out suddenly. The horse awakens and it tips over. You've never gone ta- cow tipping. It's no, a very similar. No. Yeah. I mean, I picked up a fat chick once. Thanks. That's why. That's why it's important to have Anakin Skywalker bring balance to the horse. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, they tip over. Yes. Yep. There you go. All right. Yeah. Now and I so, understand. Fine. And so then we see like the Galileo or whatever flying off in the distance, and then uh, the wreckage of the Enterprise. They're going through their stuff, and Data finds his goddamn cat and cries. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the last scenes in the movie. It's like, hey, I found my cat. Why am I so, why am I, why is water coming out of my eyes? And I never noticed before, but that cat is fucking gigantic. Yeah. It's like like a a little tiger. It's like a mountain lion. (laughs) It's proportional to data. It might not even be his cat. The cat grows. Yes, the the cat and Data eat the same thing. That's why they're both largely fat. He turns it into, makes him look slimmer. Right? He, 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 turns turns into, he turns into John and Garfield. Mondays. Mondays. Lasagna. You know, Data, I, I think you, you're, these aren't historical records. You, you should not actually feed your cat lasagna. This is a problem. Or you. You don't need to eat that. <laughs> It, it's your emotion ship is causing you not to process carbs correctly or something. <laughs> you need to here it, it, it's a it's a space gym you, you should go check it out and then <laughs> space, space planet fitness space planet fitness and then, yeah planet. you need to clear your cash man <laughs> taking up too much memory <laughs> And then they go and uh, Picard's in his ready room and he finds his old ass photo album. And then he's like, okay, movie's over. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. I love the, while he's looking for the, mem- the, the picture album, one of the things he picks up is that ancient relic that's yeah, 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 yeah. right. That yeah. was this priceless thing. That was, you know, the history of humankind kind of thing. And he just tossed it. Aside. And he's just like, where's my picture? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta scan them all back into my phone, <laughs> and then that's the movie. It's over. I wish I could have been captain someday. Nope. Too bad, Will. It's always going to be mine. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And then it's over. It's not awful. Like it's not awful. Yeah. Some of it drags. Um, 
I feel like if it was a two part episode, it would have been a lot better. Agreed. And if if this actually happened like second or third season, we would love it. Yeah. Like, and I, th- I think that, you know, bringing in the original series characters would have been, like, more effective Back when we weren't already used to, like, everybody else. But, like, we don't need that now. We don't yeah. need... We don't need the handoff. I don't yeah. need the bridge. Like, I get it. Like, this, this, this series was on for seven years. There's 178 episodes. Well, like, see, they I had the handoff. Like, and I love, these, I love these characters more than I love the original series characters. Like, I want to see them develop. And I feel like, like, especially Picard was hampered by Kirk, almost. Yeah. That makes sense. See, we had the handoff on the TV series when uh, McCoy was on the first episode at Farpoint. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, his little racist anti-Vulcan joke to, to Data, and off the old man goes. Then that wasn't enough, so then we have Sarek show up. Yeah. That's not enough, so then we have Spock show up. Because, you know, the show established itself, so now it's nice to remember where we came from. I get but I get And then Scotty but, shows up on the show. And then and it's like, gee, well, and these are all ties, tie-ins for the movies. Yeah. They're like, oh, hey, and make sure you check out Star Trek Six in theaters this fall. Yeah. But then when you have the, the shit with the movie now, this Shatner had to be in something. I mean, Captain Kirk is a huge part of Star Trek. Oh, I mean, he's the probably the quintessential Star Trek character. I mean, unlike the Mount Rushmore of Star Trek, it's definitely it's Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and then Picard. I guess would be like the, I guess the four people that most are associated mm-hmm. with Star Trek, right? Right. You know, and I get that Kirk has to be there, but I mean, like, he's the hero of this film. This feels like an original series movie with just a bunch of other people. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. I think Jenny like nailed it. If this was a two-parter early on in TNG, it would have made so much more sense. I feel like if they wanted to bring Kirk into this movie, you know, maybe write a little different script, have Kirk show up like, uh, like the hologram guy from the other track, uh, you know, have him, have him be there in some sort of capacity where they can uh, communicate with his, I don't know, his memories or he's programmed to the holodeck or something. I don't know. Wait, Picard mm-hmm. goes to him and says, but you said that Darth Vader killed my father. Well, he's right. From a certain <laughs> point of view. <laughs> I, was, I feel like it would make him I, I think like, the, the biggest problem with it, like I don't really have a problem with Kirk being in it and kind of the role he plays in helping Picard at the end of the movie or whatever. But I think the data development, like focusing on his handling of the emotion chip. Oh, just, God. It's pointless. It, it serves no and, purpose and in the movie. It's like that that was supposed to be the big payoff that made us happy. Oh, he finally got his emotions, guys. I know, you know, we spent seven years and that was his big goal. He finally gets it. Aren't you happy? Don't you love us? Come back no, next year. Nobody cares. Yeah, I didn't yeah, care. Yeah. Like, like, and again, I don't want to graphic Kanye to death, but like, why not take one of your cooler aliens of the day, one of your more, I guess, menacing villain? But I guess they did that with the Borg in the next film. So I don't know. I just... Something I noticed this time that I hadn't noticed before in uh, Kirk's cabin, he has a Klingon bat. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's the that cool, yeah. And I'm thinking, he killed some bitch and took that off the dead body. That's some, mm-hmm. like, Vietnam string of ears. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> cool. probably in the, It's probably in the Bird of Prey that they yeah. commandeered. Yeah. Uh, that and what you don't see is in the actual bedroom with Antonia was the Klingon like forehead ridges that he collected <laughs> over the years. And like I don't know, I'd like it just. Nah, I don't this know. Would have been a, 
I just I felt like this was a Data slash Kirk movie. Yeah. Like Data is the predominant B story, which is a B story that is unnecessary and a beaten path. Mm-hmm. And then, like I get Kirk, and it's like I don't want to see Kirk. I want to see I want to see a TNG movie. Yeah. Like, to some extent, it seems like you know the central theme that they tried to establish was this is Picard like having to commit again because he's been captain for seven years now and mm-hmm. he needs to kind of commit that he's going to put duty above his own personal interests. Well, I mean, they did. Like, I mean, I mean, he t- uh, Kirk basically tells him that, you know, on the horse scene, don't let him take you off that ship. Mm-hmm. Do that job till the day you die because it's the best job and you get more fucking poontang from that gig, man. I <laughs> you'll be beating off left and right. I mean, Jesus Christ, I was up to my knees at pussy for three years. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. How do you think I got these sideburns? It's actually pubic hair. I shaved off women and pasted them on my head. I swear to God, man. Fucking pussy, pussy, pussy. I, I had so much pussy, I went gay for a little while just to try it, just to see what it felt like. And dick ain't that bad if you get enough of it and get the right one. It's awesome. Like, all right, yeah, crazy. <laughs> Kirk on Coke. <laughs> man, it's great. See, that would have made a better movie. I mean, I would have loved it. I would have watched the shit out of it. But it's just yeah. like, eh. Yeah, I but you know wanna, what? I, I, just, I feel like this movie could have been a lot worse. I feel like it could have just been some hokey bullshit with like the two, <laughs> you know, the the original series cast and the TNG cast, and they just all mixed together. Well, they they, they start out and, they start out as enemies, and there's like, oh, who are you? I don't know. Let's shoot at each other because that's what we're going to do in the <laughs> Superman Batman movie. <laughs> oh wait. Here comes the Duras sisters, and they're teamed up with Khan. Ooh. <laughs> now we have to like join forces. Hey, Data, you're like me, Mr. Spock. Shake hands. All right. Hey, Riker, you're like a young James Kirk. Let's talk about pussy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, McCoy, look at you. I'm Dr. Crusher. Yes, you are, little thing. Come on over here. Let me show you some country love. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the I next episode of Star Trek. That's the next old generation. I don't watch that. Yeah. yeah, totally. Actually, since you put it that way, that sounds pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you put, like, like, put like Worf throwing a rock in there at a Gorn, and I'm <laughs> fucking done. That would be fantastic. I uh, just, I, I, I could have. I mean, Jenny, you're right. It could have been a lot worse. And we, and the funny part is, we actually see a lot worse in the series. Yeah, you know, yeah. very true. So, I don't know. I was just the only thing is, after seven years and the first film, I was just hoping for more. Yeah. I, I was hoping for more. Time. Like if the if the first film would have been First Contact, and then generations after First Contact. I'd have been cool with that because at least they got to kind of get off on their own footing and then bring Kirk in. But just to kind of give Kirk the ball and go, all right, dude, do your Kirk stuff. Well, yeah. It's almost like they, they knew they wanted to do first contact, but they're like, oh, you know, it's going to be hard to bring in people who've only seen the original series. Yeah, we got to do that. We got to do the – like the studio had no clue. They're trying to make too many people happy. Like, yeah. Okay, well, no, but Star Trek Connection. We have a data line. We need to have a Kirk line. We need to have you know, all these different storylines intertwined in there, and it's, it's too much. But see, Star Trek The Next Generation was a first-run syndicated show that was taking down network programming. It was huge. The ratings were through the roof. It was insane. It had never happened before that a show would be this popular. So for the the studio to go, well, 
people may not have watched it. They may have only watched Star Trek one, you know, the original, then one through six. They may not be familiar with the, the robot that wants to be. He's kind of like a Pinocchio. And character. the bald. Who's the bald French guy? You're talking about TV execs versus movie execs, and the movie people are like, well, people have only seen the original series cast in movies. Yeah, never we've we've this. never had a TNG yeah. movie. It's like I felt like they had to put out like a big tent to try to get everybody in, but I feel like. Yeah. In establishing that big tent, which is most of the time what happens, you alienate your hardcore audience like us. Who's Have you ever tried to air condition a big tent? Yeah, <laughs> it does it. You know, so I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the movie's decent. It's not great. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna give it a five and a half. You know, I gotta agree with you. Five and a half. Like I was torn. It's it's solidly average. Yeah, it is. Like, it's a watch. Like, it's like, oh, cool, Generations is on. Well, I, I would give it a six and a half just for the fact that that's what we used to, I used to give whenever it was, it, it was an episode. It was just an episode. I, but the thing is, I'm expecting more from the films. I want more from the films. I mean, these are but, films. You want me to pay seven fifty at the time to go to a movie and sit there for, you know, an hour and a, an hour and 58 minutes, however long it is. I want to be wowed. I didn't even hear him say the the star date or any of that shit. Oh yeah, he did. Four eight. He didn't do the space, the final frontier, none of that stuff. No, but he did the star date stuff. That was the thing. That's why for me, this was the the four TNG movies were the eighth season. Yeah, no, totally, they are. It was season eight. Yeah. Dennis, what do you say, buddy? It's a five. I mean, it's just they try to do too much. Yeah. But Danton. I'm with Dennis. It's a five for me. It's just it. It feels like everything shoehorned into a, a film. It's they're trying to say too much. With yeah, I'm right there. All right. So that's generations. I mean, meh, <laughs> meh. Yeah, like it's. A, I think I, I tweeted. I texted to the group and Facebook's like, well, that was over. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just the end of the way. Like that. That was a thing. Okay, cool. Let's move on to you know something that can be more of. It's not a movie that I'm like, oh. I, I want to watch Wrath of Khan. I, I want to watch Undiscovered Country. I want to watch First Contact. I never want to watch this. If it's on, you know, like you said, if it's on sci-fi or something, I'll mm-hmm. watch it. See, put it on while you're doing something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird that you left out Search for Spock because am I one of the only people that dig Search for Spock? Like, I generally... Oh, yeah. Like, if I watch Wrath of Khan, then I want to watch Search for Spock immediately afterwards. Yeah. I like Search for Spock a lot. Well, see, I have to watch the Genesis Saga. If I watch Star Trek two. If well, that's I, what it is. Yeah, you, you have Star Trek two, and that starts it, and then you have Star Trek three, Star Trek four. I don't need four, and that's it. No, you gotta have four. That wraps up no. the, the Genesis saga. No, no, it comes full it's okay. Circle. It's okay. It comes around. They made it back to Federation space. They made it to Vulcan. Everything was fine after that. <laughs> We're good. We're good. <laughs> no whale probe. I don't mind the I don't mind the whales. I think it's it's effective. <laughs> like, you know. Stupid. Hey, it's let's ha- warp around the sun so we can go back in time. Exactly. They did it on the original series. It works. It's Superman shit, my friend. <laughs> they just they they got away. Fly around the probe and go fast. No. So stupid. I don't know, man. The I think shot method of time travel is an acceptable method of time travel in the Star Trek universe. Dude, you yeah. just got schooled. So boom, drop the mic, man. Drop the mic. Your faces melt. A lot of Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know. I'm just don't look, Miriam. It just, it just, we, we, it's just like we watched a lot of Star Trek to be rewarded by the films, and I feel like the first film is kind of like a. Uh. Yeah. So would you 
like how people say that there's no uh, fourth Indiana Jones movie. This is just the the. This is like the. You're pre- Anton loves the fourth Indiana Jones. I love the fourth Indiana Jones movie. But, I don't want to hear about it. That's anyway, fine. So, like I was, uh, let's see, how did I mute that one picture? <laughs> there we go. So, with this one, this is not really the first TNG movie. This is the last original series movie. Yes. And it just featured bonus yes. previews of TNG movies that's, that's, coming up next. That's what I felt like it was. This is a transition movie, so it's neither original series nor TNG. But you don't even need the transition. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so much. It just, I, I know, don't but know. Like, let's preserve the sanctity of uh, Star Trek Six and the sanctity yeah. of First Contact and just say this is just something completely different from TNG mm-hmm. and TOS. Agreed. All right. Okay. I just, you know, I, there's I, gotta, I want to marathon them all now. I want to go get Star Trek. I've got the box set. We're going to just take the weekend. That's the new I mission. I am sick that day. And we're just <laughs> going to start with one, uncut, unedited, and go through and just power through. What, all, 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 what are there, 11 movies? All 10 movies? Weirdly, I would come do that with you. And see, I, I just want to start with motion picture. And then get back to generations. I've never it seen it changes how it feels. I've never seen the motion picture. Never seen it. Really? Watch really? watch the director's cut. Yeah, the director's cut's good. It's shorter. I'll, I'll watch whatever. That's weird. <laughs> Most of the time, that's the exact yeah. opposite. That's I'll probably watch the uh, the Star Trekiest of all the movies. Mm-hmm. I agree. No, that that's the most Roddenberry of all the movies. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's, that that's was his vision. Was an, and you see so much of the next generation. Well, because the first season of Generation that he was in control of, yeah, I watched was, that. I watched that documentary on uh, Netflix. It was good. I'm glad I, you like that. I, 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 I recommend it. It. it was good. And Shatner loved the fuck out of that. Yeah, he was like, "You guys are all dicks without me." <laughs> you guys were fighting. What? Oh my goodness! And who got angry? <gasps> my my language. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go, everybody. That's the episode. Um, and again, it's a movie, but it just feels like an episode. Uh-huh. So we will talk to you guys next week when we review the first great Star Trek. I guess maybe the only great TNG movie, First Contact. Mm-hmm. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk to you guys then. Kingdom of Crystal Skull was great. <laughs> I'll let it that out. <laughs>